Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, everybody. That's right. It's us again. Hi, everybody. It, it's it's the FNO InsureTech duo. Yeah, it's us. We're a, we're a duo, even though there's really four of us that work on this. Quadro. Should we take a minute and talk about the other two people who work on the podcast with us? Sure. I don't we, think so. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them. They shall not be named. I do want to talk about something that was interesting that happened this week. What's that, Real Rob? quick. So this week I was at the Connected Claims Conference yeah. in, Ch- in Chicago, Illinois at McCormick Place. And let I've me tell you something. It. If you've never been to McCormick Place, it is a convention center that's like so big you can't believe it. It took from my room to the convention center, it took 10 minutes to walk to where it was. That's like Most, half a mile. Mostly in the convention center. Yeah. I, I mean, every day I had like 14,000 steps. It was great. That's good for and, you. Healthy. Yeah, and look at me today. What Looking am I supposed good, to say huh? to that? Looking yeah, you are so good. <laughs> so good. So um, good. Uh, anyways, I was there, and I was there with Jeff Schmidt and Janine Davis. I know them. And we had a wonderful, terrific conference. And But I had like, I'm going to just say 10 different interactions with people who have been on the podcast or people who listen to the podcast, people who walked up to me and said, you know what? I listened to your podcast and I really enjoy it. And I look forward to it and I listen to it every week. And it was really exciting because, you know, you and I, we do this, you know, every week. Yeah. And, and we forget that because we've always kind of done it for you and me. Normally, it's it's just for you and me, but we find that people are using it for them, right? To to right. research different companies, we find that people are using the podcast to research individuals before they go out and have meetings. Um, you know, investors are using the podcast to figure out who they want to invest in. There's a lot of research that's done with the podcast. Yes, yes. Now, how cool is that? How yes. cool? We go on it every week, and we're thinking, what can you and I learn? Yeah. What can this do for me? But it but there's actually some strange weird people who listen yeah. to it and use it and and find value in it and that was really um exciting. That's fun. There's nothing more fun than somebody walking up to you and saying, "Hey, I listened to your podcast. It's okay. Um good job." I had one person, I won't say their name, who was a guest. And she said, I want to thank you for having me. And she's this important person in our industry. She said, I want to thank you for having me on the podcast. I want you to know that being on the podcast has changed the trajectory of my career. That's a big statement. And I was bowled over by that. I mean, that was so wonderful. So um, that's a big statement. That's neat. Uh, that's really and cool. We, we were asked, we were asked to um, be at the CoreLogic conference in January in Los Angeles, uh, where there will be nearly just short of a thousand people 
um, attending uh, th- that in very important conference. Well, of course, we'll be at Exactware. And so um, uh, welcome to uh, being a member of our little community. And yeah. um, we're thrilled you're here and we want you to be a part. We, we want do. not just as a listener, but c- come on the podcast. Uh, if you have something to talk about or something to say, do it here and weigh in and and, and we'd love to have you. And and speaking of which, that uh, is a great lead in to our guest today, Jim Dwayne, the CEO at Bolt. Yeah, we get to talk to Jim. Jim is a great interview. He is somebody who's really interesting to talk to, an insurance guy who made the switch over to the technology side and is really leading Bolt into the next uh, the next evolution. And we're going to dive in. This is the second time Bolt has been on, first time that Jim's been on, but we're going to get to right. talk all about the marketplace, a little bit about embedded uh, insurance, and it, it's going to be a great time. A leader, enormous success in the InsureTech world, a unicorn company here on FNO InsureTech, another week of um, an important guest. Big people, and, big people. And so instead of listening to us pat ourselves on the back, do you we hear do that? We do so good. We do so good. <laughs> oh, I wish. That's me patting myself on my back. That sounded really painful. Let's get to our interview with Jim Dwayne, CEO at Bolt. Hey, everybody. We are here with our very special guest. This is Jim Dwayne the CEO of Bolt. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Where do you join us from today? I join from Alpharetta, Georgia, which is a northern suburb of Atlanta. It's actually, ah. I technically don't live in Alpharetta, but no one's heard of the town I live in and in the town <laughs> oh. next door. So I just say Alpharetta because most people outside of Georgia, it's the one town they know in Georgia. How about <laughs> I say, I know that town. I, I do yeah. too. I do too. So everybody else. Yeah, I'm actually in Milton, Georgia. Milton. But that's to say that you're in an office. I I can go to an office. I'm talking to you from my home though. My home office. Okay, cool. The uh, Um, new office, yes. It's a very lovely office, by the way. Yeah, it's my wife's taste. Oh, it's nice. (laughs) For those of us who might not be familiar with your company, what is Bolt? What do you guys do? And uh, tell us a little bit about what you do there. We are the largest technology-enabled PNC insurance exchange in the world. In plain English, we basically match buyers and sellers, right? So we facilitate insurance distribution, and we do it in a multitude of ways that we'll talk about over the next 45 minutes or so. And uh, really, there's four basic ways that companies or individuals can participate in the exchange Uh, You can be a supplier. Those are the insurance carriers that are integrated into the exchange and uh, thereby made available to the consumers of the exchange, which is the other three categories. The first category is retail. So if you're an independent agent that does not have sufficient carrier representation, you can subscribe to the exchange. You pay a small fee to subscribe to the exchange. And in return, you get a cool piece of technology that enables you to quote and issue insurance policies. Um, And then you also get access to the carriers within the exchange. The second category is SaaS, right? So we help really any sized insurance company or insurance company, uh, a broker, larger, medium-sized broker. If you were to line up our customers on the SaaS side and ask them why 
They license our technology. They're going to give you a hundred reasons. But at the end of the day, those hundred reasons really always distilled down to three things, diversification of distribution, ownership of the customer or Cactel TV, and then process optimization and operational efficiency. And we can get into some stories uh, about that uh, in a little bit. And then the final way, and kind of one of the more exciting uh, topics lately is uh, embedded insurance or partners, right? So yeah. we, we essentially give uh, you know, anyone really who has the capability and desire to sell insurance as part of some broader offering, we give them access to the exchange via API and we allow folks to embed insurance into some other type of product or service journey. So, so like into a checkout process. Correct. Yep. So like Keller Williams, is that one of the companies who, who would do that? I saw there was an announcement about Keller Williams. It is indeed. Yeah. We're proud to be partnered with Keller Williams, the largest real estate franchise company by agent count. Uh, it's a great story. You know, kind of my version of their story is they woke up several years ago as one of the premier real estate companies. And they said, you know, we don't want to just sell houses. We want to be a home buying destination. So yeah. they set about building kind of this ecosystem of kind of the products and services that you might need if you're in the market to buy or sell a house. And as everyone knows, homeowners insurance is a part of that. So we power, you know, we essentially give them access to the exchange via API. In addition to that, we actually do the placement on their behalf. We're a software company that has the ability to also only for the customers that want and need it, we can actually do the placement for them. We think about it this way, and then I'll, I'll kind of stop. You know, digitization is, a, I think about it on a, on a spectrum or on a continuum. On one end of the continuum, you've got companies that are just beginning their digital journey or just beginning kind of their, their, their journey into digital and insurance. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got people who are, who are already digital native. We've got a team of people, regardless of where our customers drop in along that continuum, we essentially can catch them kind of mm. catch them where they are. Mm. And while using our technology, we give them as much human support as they, as they need, as they kind of work their way toward a more digital journey. Mm -hmm. So that's kind I of the way that. we think about it. That's wonderful. That's a great way to describe that. It's interesting, the number of exchanges that are out there. I assume that, and I know that Bolt is a super prominent one. What's the problem that you guys solved in this space? So what we first solved, quite frankly, was an opportunity, not a problem. I'll give you both sides of the story. I'll give you the opportunity side and then I'll give you I'll, I'll frame it as a problem uh, if you'd like. But really, the opportunity is, you know, back in 2011, 2012, you might remember we all started seeing these television commercials that at the time seemed weird. And that was when these insurance companies started to advertise, not only will we provide you a quote from ourselves, Progressive, for instance, not only will we provide you a progressive quote, but we're also going to provide you a quote from our competitors. And at right. the time, I, I, like, I recall, are you crazy? That yeah, seemed, what, yeah, why what, would what you kind do of gimmick that? is that? It has since become ubiquitous. So we don't even think about it anymore. But we were the ones who helped Progressive capitalize on that opportunity back in 2012, right? So they said, we don't have an appetite to write everything, right? And we not only want to do auto, but we want to do homeowners and all of the other kind of adjacent lines that uh, you might need as a homeowner. And 
we want to provide choice. The benefit is, you know, one, there's a degree of risk arbitrage, right? They get to take the business onto the balance sheet that they want. Mm-hmm. And then the, the business that doesn't meet their underwriting appetite might meet the appetite of, for someone else. And they're able to place it with that someone else. So it's kind of a win, 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 right? You've got progressive wins because they own the customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the market wins because it's another form of distribution. It's alternative distribution for some of these carriers that they're placing it with. So it's kind of a win, win, win. So we were actually helping them realize, I think, that opportunity, right? If you want to frame it as a problem, I, in theory, I suppose the pro- problem is no insurance company can be all things to all people. And there's business that falls on the floor. And would love to solve the problem of monetizing that business that otherwise falls on the floor. Well, I was just thinking about it from the uh, perspective of being an agent or you know right. a broker, and like you said, if if you don't have the um, panel of of carriers that you want or need, that that it, that it gives you expansive opportunities. It does absolutely. It, it absolutely does. Um, you know, when you think about it with an exchange like ours, and I'm not going to get all techie on you, but we have the ability to allow an agent to connect to the exchange, then, you know, directly connect to the carriers with whom they have their own appointments. But if the circumstance arises that the carriers they have appointments with don't have an appetite for a particular risk, we can give them immediate access yeah. to other markets that they, they're not appointed with, and we facilitate that transaction on their behalf. Again, we're insurance distribution technology, and we're always looking for ways. What is your biggest push right now? Is it to is it to work with other companies looking to offer services that they don't currently offer, or is it more on the independent agent and giving them a, a, a larger platform? What is your, your biggest initiative? Our biggest opportunity, there's really two of them, really, it falls in, it falls into two. One of them is quite simply what I just described. It's, it's folks that are looking to further monetize the customer base, improve uh, lifetime value, right? So not only do we offer choice, right? So our whole model is predicated on choice, right? There's whole, and we'll talk about this when we get into embedded insurance, but, um, you know, one of the, one of the strengths of our exchange is, what we call our liquidity and liquidity really is just a euphemism for the number of carriers, the number of lines of business, really the amount of choice that we offer. So those that are looking to leverage technology to provide more choice so they could improve the lifetime value of their customer base. That's kind of the first one. And generally, you know, that falls into, you know, insurance companies, brokers, agents, et cetera. And then the second one, like we talked about earlier with embedded insurance, insurance distribution, and this is, this is my terminology. Um, it's democratizing, meaning Mm -hmm. insurance continues to diversify away from the, you know, previously rather narrow channels through which it was distributed, you know, the corner insurance agent, then Mm -hmm. You know, the internet came online and people tried to start selling it digitally and et cetera, et cetera. Um, now what's happening is you see this kind of this point of purchase insurance 
opportunity, right? That's what I mean by democratizing. So now you can buy insurance when you buy your house through Keller Williams. Now you can buy insurance when you buy a car. Now you can buy insurance when you secure a loan. There's all different types of, you can buy insurance if you happen to be shopping, you happen to be on a website that you're educating yourself about auto loans or home loans. There's opportunities to purchase insurance there. So it's democratizing. We help people capitalize on that opportunity. I'm wondering if you ever get pushback from agents. I mean, you're making it so much easier for agents to have an option and to deliver, but yet you're also making it easier to become an agent and finding new ways to sell insurance. Do agents ever push back and and love the product, but at the same time say, but stop selling it to, to other agents, only, you know, only, only to me? Not at, you know, it's a great question, but, but not at all. As a matter of fact, I'm going to date myself, but I entered the insurance industry uh, back in 1989. Okay. And back then, <clears throat> the number one challenge of agents and brokers was the cost-effective handling of personal lines and small commercial. And we thought we were going to solve the problem within five years. How many years later is it now? 33 years later. Right. Guess, what the, guess what the number one challenge of agents and brokers is? Mm-hmm. Cost effectively handling personal lines and small commercial. Uh, the challenge exists. We actually help people realize that. So, mm-hmm. you know, from our perspective, you know, it, it almost becomes a necessary part of the agent ecosystem. Because yeah. we also, by the way, we, you know, we integrate with agency management systems and CRM. So there's that the, kind of the beauty of put the information in once and it can be passed amongst the systems within the ecosystem. So there's a big efficiency play there. Jim, I'd like to talk a little bit more about embedded insurance. I think that's such a fascinating uh, place. We talked about the independent agent, right? Right now, if I need homeowners insurance, uh, I would typically go down the street, I would talk to my independent agent, or I would talk to my uh, captive agent, and they would place it. But there's there's new types of insurance. There's this embedded, and and that's a place that, that Bolt plays in. So why don't you talk a little bit more, what are some other ways that Bolt is, is working in the embedded space? So we, we actually view it almost like a three-act play. Okay. Right? So... Where we we actually focus, we started with Act Two. Act One is something that has become somewhat ubiquitous, which is really what we what we think about as the point of purchase, simple product, quick. It's almost like picking up a pack of gum at the grocery store checkout counter. So think about when you buy an airplane ticket, and you get to the end of the you know, the ticket and right when you're about to pay, it asks you if you'd like to protect this trip uh, with, you know, travel protection or trip cancellation insurance. That is what we consider to kind of be uh, a chapter one, right? It's simple. It's point of purchase. No choice, right? They've made the decision for you in terms of who that carrier is going to be. And I would say from a maturity perspective, it's not fully mature, but that <clears throat> that kind of portion of the embedded market is, is relatively mature, right? Um, the second chapter, the second act of the play is choice, right? This is where you begin to move into more complex products. Like, like you said, Lee, the homeowner's insurance, the auto insurance, the small commercial insurance, where when you get into more complex products, people want to have more control 
over the decisions that are made. So rather than having someone else choose the carrier for you, we give you choice, right? And this is right. something where kind of bolt, we do, we do chapter one as well, but we do chapter two and we specialize because we've got such a large exchange with so many carriers and so much liquidity, but you get, you know, two, three, four, five options of insurance to choose from, right? So that's, and we think, you know, kind of where act three of the play is moving is into services, right? Okay. Where you've got, you know, not just the embedding of kind of risk indemnity products or, you know, insurance products, but you start to move into the space of risk avoidance products and risk mitigation products in conjunction and bundled with your insurance products. So we, we kind of see it as an evolution. I'll say this though, in chapter two, in act two of this play, I believe we're still nascent. I, I sat on a panel out at ITC and, and we, we talked a little bit about this on the panel. It was, you know, there's still a lot of companies throwing spaghetti against the wall, mm -hmm. meaning they're just plugging their API into as many places that they possibly can, hoping the traffic will come. I think what the industry, I mean, we've been really hyper-focused on focus, right? You really have to pick your spots, understand specific industries, then you have to understand where the optimized, you know, kind of where the optimal buying buying moment is to maximize your conversion. So there's a lot of kind of even non-technical science that goes into it informed by data. So that's kind of where I think we are. I think it's still relatively nascent, but I think the, the winners of the embedded game mm -hmm. are the ones that figure out focus, industry specialization, maximization of conversion. And so in Act 3, you talked about being able to bolt on additional uh, products. Give me an example. Open my mind a little bit. I'm, I, I guess right now I'm thinking, oh, I, I log on. Uh, I'm going to buy this product and I get, I get homeowner insurance. Does the future also have me buying IoT devices or other exactly. services? You okay. know, imagine, imagine a day where, you know, either adjacent to or as part of your homeowner's insurance bundle, you get water sensors, okay. right? Water, you know, water, you know, behind, water is really one of the leading causes of loss for yeah. homeowner's insurance policies. So in addition to your homeowner's policy, you also get IOT devices that monitor water leakage, right? So you can kind of get ahead and minimize either uh, eliminate or minimize the loss. That's an example of kind of where we see some of the services, risk mitigation and, and, and risk avoidance services coming in. That's a I really see. good example. I was just thinking too, you know, this is such a, a great service. You make buying so easy, right? A lot of people, I, I think Rob has been looking for new insurance for two years on this podcast and he just can never <laughs> find the time to go talk to an agent and do whatever. And so you make it so simple. Uh, but I also know that it's important for people to stay with the same insurance company for a long time, right? You you want to be able to have a, a insured, hopefully who doesn't have a claim, collect the premium. When they do have a claim, they pay it out. So it seems like a, a, a great thing, uh, but also a, a negative at the same time that we're making buying so easy. So what do you tell the the clients? What do you tell the the insurance companies when they say, hey, we want people for a long time, we don't want them shopping every every year whenever it 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 renews. Uh, I mean, what does that ever come up? 
That's a great that's a great question. I mean, we we see shopping as an inevitable reality. I mean, it's going to happen of consumerism, right? And you know, you know, as as a as a digital partner of these carriers, um, our responsibility is to support them in any way possible to keep them as a customer. So the role we play, you know, we don't really get involved in the claims process or the underwriting process or anything like that. We help them distribute efficiently. One of the things that's most important in purchasing insurance online is having a short, simple, easy to understand journey, right? Yeah. Isn't it better if you have to answer seven questions instead of 17 questions or instead of 37 questions, right? hundred percent. So if, if we can help them create this positive experience through better journey, easy to understand facilitated selling, meaning, you know, little pop-ups that say, you know, what exactly is water damage? What is a deductible? That kind of thing. If we can kind of help them along that journey, we're doing our part to kind of help them keep their customers, keep their, you know, their customer uh, satisfaction high. That's kind of the, the way we think about that. But, you know, we, we, we see shopping as an, an inevitable part of consumers and particularly in, in, in different economic times, right? When right. economic times get tougher, people have a tendency to shop because they're looking to save money at every opportunity they can. Well, and I guess I'm kind of even answering my own question in my head. I mean, you are the first glimpse uh, into into the insurance company. So as long as you can deliver a simple streamline uh, selling process, I mean, you're setting the stage for a great uh, a, a great relationship between the insured and the and the insurance company. And then the insurance company, like I, I I've been with my insurance company for years and years. And I don't ever look for anybody else because it was easy to buy. So they hooked me and then they, they pay the claim. When I have a claim, they service exactly. it. They're there for me. So all those things. So it's really your job, not, not so much to, to, to pay the claims. That's the insurance company. It's your job to set the stage to make it so simple and so easy. So uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. We consider ourselves enablers, right? A lot of people, you know, one of the buzzwords in, in tech, in technology broadly, not just insurance technology is a uh, disruptor. We, we, would, we don't view ourselves as a disruptor. We actually don't have a desire to be a, a disruptor. We want to be an enabler, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I can actually enable someone else to be disruptive, that's a good day for me, right? We just want yeah. to enable. We want to enable and facilitate the business that insurance companies get and the way that they, you know, kind of help them treat their customers well. But then, you know, just as importantly, is help people sell more effectively, more agent, you know, the agents, the brokers, the carriers, et cetera, um, on the customer side of the exchange, um, you know, help them create a more beautiful experience, I guess. I love that. So we just went to target market where uh, it, it's a, it's a conference that's held twice a year. And at this market, you learn about all these programs that sell unique, fascinating uh, insurances. Maybe it's hot air balloons. Maybe it's um, uh, breweries or uh, booksellers or all these things. Uh, currently, currently, you're mostly in the property casualty space. Is, is that right? right. That is, is there correct. is there a future where where more of these niche products could come into this distribution channel? There is absolutely. We'll remain, <clears throat> you know, kind of PNC and PNC adjacent. And I'll give you I'll give you a specific example in just a second. But 
you bring up a super, super important point, and that is in product innovation, right? So at an accelerating rate, new risks are emerging, right? 10 years ago, there was no such thing as a gig economy, or at least there right. was no such thing as a mainstream gig economy. And then all of a sudden, these things exploded. Uber, Airbnb, you can get pool sharing and you know scooters yeah. and all, yeah. these types of, uh, all these types of things. So the rate with which new exposures are created is accelerating. So we get excited. We actually have Bolt here in the US actually has um, an MGA team. And we partner with our customers and partners within the exchange, those looking to solve some of those problems. So we solve them uh, in partnership with some of our customers, some of these emerging, some of these emerging risks. So, uh, you know, that, that's kind of, that's really, really exciting to us. That is exciting. So, so right there, you were saying in the U.S., what do you do outside of the U.S.? We're one of the largest embedded insurance organizations around, right? Really? Because, yeah. Outside the United States, we kind of do the same thing outside the United States. Interestingly, though, in uh, outside the United States, we started in act more in act one and now we're moving toward act two. If you go back to the example I used before. So device protection, device protection has begun as our hero product outside the United States. So, you know, the selling of, of your phone, right? We do that. We're one of the largest providers of device protection insurance in Asia. Wow. That's a big market. It's a huge market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now, you know, they're beginning to, um, develop some choice options as well. We're kind of, we started with choice and now we've just launched actually a device protection business here in the United States. It's another product now available on the exchange. Wow. It kind of falls more into that chapter one, act one, uh, right. of display, kind of simple point of purchase display. So we're one of the prov- uh, largest providers of that. So that is, that is, that is really neat. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a uh, bolt tech, which is the name of our uh, parent. Okay. That was my the- question. So we have bolt tech and then we have bolt Inc underneath it. Are there other, are there other companies underneath bolt tech? So Bolt, yeah, um, Bolt. yeah, Bolt is simply the brand in the United States, but we operate completely independently from the international operation. I see. So I'd like to go back to the MGA we're talking about. So you have the MGA; they can sell some of the the niche, uh, interesting insurances out there. What about just regular old homeowner insurance? Are there agents inside your your operation who somebody could call and say, "Hey, sell this"? What does the actual agency look like within Bolt? It's there in service to primarily our embedded customers. Okay. Right. So particularly when you've got, you know, like a mortgage provider or a real estate agent or, you know, someone who happens to be in the automobile space or even in the small business space, you know, not everyone has the resources or the ability to actually do placement. You know, you have to be licensed. It's complicated. It's so that that organization, those people that I referred to, um, are there available to those embedded customers to do the placement on their behalf. I see. And and so what does the future of distribution look like for insurance? Is this marketplace? Is this the, the future? Um, what do you think? I believe so with a couple of caveats. So the first caveat is, you know, kind of, I'll say by definition, but it's by definition, Jim Dwayne's opinion that digitization only exists from a distribution perspective in a low touch, no touch environment. 
Okay. So you're going to see a continued, as I used the term earlier, democratization. You're going to you're going to continue to see um, an increased democratization in those low touch, no touch lines, right? As carriers continue to get more sophisticated in their underwriting, where they have to ask fewer questions and there's little or no human involvement where you can achieve a fully digital experience. I think that's what we're going to continue to see. And I think that's going to be very, very significant over the next, you know, five plus years. So I think that's one. I all, you know, like I said earlier, I think there's going to be an emerging, you know, constantly emerging risk categories, you know, new exposures that are going to need to be attended to that can be done um, low risk and no risk. So I think that's, that, that's also exciting. Um, and then I think, you know, there's, there's this phenomenon that I call a rush to the center, right? Okay. So the insure tech space right now from a capabilities perspective is a messy one. So what do I mean by that? You've got policy management systems, you've got agency management systems, you've got CRMs, you've got rating engines, you've got exchanges and marketplaces, you've got, and I think what's happening is all of those things are beginning to coalesce about it around the agent desktop, right? Or around the consumer as, as the case would be. So it'll be interesting to see how kind of the, the continued evolution of the integration of all of those various capabilities at the point of sale continues to happen. And I think that's, that's also something that I think is going to be happening with insurance distribution. I just think that there's such, there's, there's so much growth there. There's so many opportunities I just, I think the future is bright. So Jim, let's talk a little bit about raising funds and about, about the health of the company. I, I believe here recently y'all had a announcement come out uh, about some, some big news in that arena. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, super, super exciting. Thanks for asking. Yeah, on, on uh, kind of Sunday, Monday, uh, we announced uh, a Series B fundraise uh, led by Tokyo Fire and Marine Wonderful. And, and further supported uh, from some of our series a investors, uh, super, super excited about the strategic nature of, of Tokyo's, uh, lead position. It was, it was an up round. So it was a valuation of about 1.5 billion, That's unbelievable. Which, was, which was an up round, but difficult to do in this oh, market. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, we, you know, not very simply, I, we think it's a validation of our business model of our kind of long-term prospects of kind of the durability of our, you know, road to profitability. That's also important these days. And um, having the type of uh, endorsement from the market like that in this type of a market um, is really phenomenal. So we're excited. We're we're excited about where that can bring us and having a partner like Tokyo Marine um, enables us to do so much more in terms of innovation and problem solving and, you know, kind of bringing that insurance expertise and problem solving um, to the table is, is just fact. So we're, we're, we're kind of humbled, um, but super, super happy. With I that. think it's so great. I mean, in, in this environment that we're in, uh, to hear about uh, funds being raised and, and valuations like that, and uh, it, it just speaks volumes for your company right? People saw value, true value in there and they're, and they're, they're investing. I think that's wonderful. I think that that really speaks very highly of Bolt. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. We're real happy and and just very, very excited. So that's great to hear. Now it's back to work. Now it's back to work. You gotta, you gotta work even harder now, right?
Exactly. I, I do want to go back and also talk about you real quick. Uh, I would be remiss if we didn't let our listeners know <laughs> that you are a insurance guy because Absolutely. we interview people a lot of times who are, who are sitting where you are and they're not insurance people. And I think we all can agree it's very, very important for our insured techs to have insurance people in, in, in the walls of, of, of the company. Absolutely. So um, just give us a little bit of, of your background. Tell us, uh, you said that you've been in the insurance space for, I think it was 38 years or so. 33 years. Yeah. 33 years. Tell us a little bit about, about you, kind of where you started here in the insurance space up, up to today. Yeah, I started in 1989 right out of college as an underwriter. Oh, okay. For a, for a company called Aetna Casualty Insurity, which later became Travelers, right? Uh-huh. So when I, when I tell people where I started, I say I worked for uh, really two large carriers, AIG, 20 years. And then prior to that, about eight years with Travelers. So I started in underwriting. You know, I would say if you were to break my insurance, so kind of the first, you know, 25, 26, 27 years of my career, uh, I really focused or, or, or was involved in four different types of things. I was an underwriter, so I kind of I grew up with that technical underwriting uh, uh, DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a whole bunch of sales, marketing, distribution, so that's kind of where you understand how insurance distribution works. Um, and then I did, you know, what I call kind of uh, general management. So I was very blessed to have been able to run several businesses for AIG. I ran Latin America and the Caribbean. I ran the southeastern U.S. I ran one of their auto companies. Uh, I ran their North American sales and marketing distribution uh, organization. So uh, I was very fortunate. And then the fourth category that I was involved in, which has served me well in technology, which was uh, transformation, you know, a bunch okay. of transformation and, and things like that. So that was that was a whole lot of fun. But I left I left the insurance carrier world back in 2016 and I really jumped into tech. Bolt's actually my second technology company. I okay. jumped into tech in 2017 um, like everybody else who does it kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. And getting back to your point, which of course I just passionately b- agree with, which is we believe in having insurance people talking to people buying insurance software. Well, Jim, we're here at the end. Really appreciated the time that, that we got to visit today. Uh, you have you have a fascinating story. We want to get you back on and, and, and talk again and see how things are going. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Lay. I appreciate the time. Had a great time. You bet. Thank you. You kind of lost me in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's almost, it's almost like you just stopped asking questions. <laughs> well, that's because I did. You did. You, uh, it uh, wasn't like I did it. It was I, I did it. Do we need to tell the audience what happened? Uh, it's a little embarrassing. Well, it should. I mean, it is embarrassing. Would you call it a typical Rob Beller story? I don't know if it'd be typical, but I, not I don't surprising. know. Not surprising. Not, not surprising. It might be the second time you've almost lost something at the airport. So right. I was in, where was I? You were in oh, Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. I had a video call that I had to be on in between flights and it was super busy. So I went into the one of the airline lounges so that I could take the call in a little bit quieter of an environment. And I took the call, had the call, so it was like 45 minutes, packed my stuff up and left with everything but my computer charger. Yeah. Came home, no computer charger, none. My wife also has a Mac, but her version is older. So we different chargers, I didn't know what to do. So 
uh, Lee said to me, don't worry about it. You have, pl- you have plenty of battery. Yeah, you had a half a battery, 50%. I had half a battery, and guess what? It you were wrong. Dry. I was very wrong. wrong. Uh-huh. Well, but you know, so, you were missed. You were missed. It was a delightful conversation. Very was much it? appreciate was it? Jim. Being I'll have on. to listen to the podcast. You will. You will. Just like you know, I always go back and I listen to them each at least two times. They're uh, info rich. Info rich. Info yeah, Jim rich. was a delight, and I appreciate him and the team uh, for being on and and visiting with us. Go on, bring it home. Oh, I think it's home. You normally end it. You normally say like, "Let's thank our crew." Go on. And, no, and why don't you bring it home? Let me say it. Let me say it this week. Well, and with that, we'll we'll bring it to a close. We want to say thank you to our our delightful uh, people who help us, Alicia and Al. Couldn't do it without you. Nothing would get done without you. And we'll leave you with. Bye, everybody. <laughs>